morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on your time zone, or whoever you are, or whoever you may be, whatever country you're, or whatever part of the world you're in, universe, this is Coast to Coast. I am being and today we will get rocking into the midnight or the morning. <laughs> um, first of all, welcome, and we are excited to be here. Of course, when I say we, I mean all of you. Now. I've been a fan of Art Bell for many years, and to carry on his legacy, I have chosen to name my podcast, Post Now, you'll hear some information from me, but you also listen to old clips from Art Bell, so I forget that those who are fans of our girl will listen to me. Alright, we begin this part with breaking news in the Kansas City Chiefs. Finally winning a Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years going back to Super Bowl Ford beating the Minnesota Vikings and Um, also in the news, the final result for the Donald Trump Things are going on. There will be announcement for his impeachment trial on Wednesday. Also, the groundhog did not see his shadow. The screen will be coming up early. Also, the note that screen training will be here just around the corner. So the baseball season begins at the end of March. And the Red Sox have not found a manager yet. Dusty Baker was hired as the next manager of the Houston Astros. And so on and so forth. Alright. February is the final month of the regular college basketball season. And that means March Madness is just around the corner. Make sure you get your brackets coming out, get it ready for when the March Madness starts. Alright, when we come back, Art Bell. Open line. Come on up. Stay tuned.
All right, and welcome back to Coast to Coast with BZ and Arkbell. Uh, coming up in a few moments, you'll listen to an Arkbell classic. So stick around, get whatever you need, kick back, relax. Enjoy the open minds that are coming your way. The goosebumps that will run down your spine. We on coast to coast with BZ and Arbel. See what happens. It should be a lot of fun. WOAI, for example, uh, from San Antonio, Texas. Uh, reaches, uh, well, I was in Mazatlan, and they were about the strongest thing on the dial in Mazatlan, and if you look at that on a map, you'll see how far down she is. And so uh, that ought to be a lot of fun. And we'll do that, um, we'll do that uh, in the next hour. Uh, so while I don't know it much, and it does depend on the ionosphere, it tends to be good in the winter because we don't have so many thunderstorms going on, usually, usually. And uh, so the, uh, the ionosphere or uh, signals uh, bouncing from the ionosphere are heard more easily, obviously, since there is not so much static. Now, of course, lately uh, the weather has been bizarro, and there have been thunderstorms and tornadoes at times in the winter when there should not be. And the weather, I'm sorry to say, is still on the top of the news. It just keeps coming. Those areas that, you'll recall, got hit with ice and snow, you saw the pictures, are now melting and badly flooding. Other areas already pounded are getting it again. The Northeast is flooding all the way from West Virginia to Pennsylvania to North Carolina. Uh, it's awful. In New York, um, and I don't know, a lot of people are going to like this one, I guess. In New York, high winds actually blew down part of the dome of the U.N. General Assembly building. That's how high the winds were there. Near Buffalo, New York, cars were being swept away by water. Washington, D.C. is flooding. It is bitter cold in the Midwest. That continues, 44 degrees, minus 44. Fargo, North Dakota, about one and a half feet more of snow. And minus 80 with wind. Minus 80 degrees. We've been hearing Minnesota temperatures have went down yesterday to minus 90 degrees. That is dangerously cold. And authorities are telling people, you better stay home. You better not go out. If you do, you could die. In other words, it could be fatal. Chicago at midday yesterday was 61 degrees. Today it's... 10 degrees. So I'm trying to figure this weather thing out. Winter not yet halfway uh, over, even. Uh, there was a terrible fire at an apartment building in Chicago. My guess is, if you watch the news or are, are glued to it as I am, one fireman caught a nine-year-old child falling from the fifth floor in midair. Um, heroic indeed, lucky beyond belief. Um, he actually, as she fell, as she went by, 
he, he caught her in midair. Now, you wouldn't think they'd be able to find a political aspect in the cold weather and the government shutdown uh, with regard to a fire, you know, a tragedy, and yet, oh, they've done it. U.S. Secretary of Housing Henry Cisneros has said the fire is because the government is shut down because there should have been building inspections and weren't. In other words, he did everything but say that fire was a Republican fire. The mayor of Chicago doesn't believe that at all. Richard Daley accused the administration of trying to take political advantage of a tragedy, and, you know, it does seem a little that way, doesn't it? Um, this, as usual, insightful from uh, Scott up in Butte Creek, Oregon. Uh, hi, Art. So Henry Cisneros is blaming the Republicans for the fire in Chicago that killed four. That's a bigger reach than that brave firefighter maiden catching the little girl. Maybe these people think before they open their mouths. It really is, uh, it really is sickening, which is kind of like the quickening uh, politically, that they would uh, make a comment of that sort. I mean, it really, really is reprehensible as far as I'm concerned. Now look, Friday morning, Saturday, uh, Saturday night, uh, Friday, Friday night, Saturday morning, we try and do things um, a bit differently here in that we are more open and uh, if you guys want to go to the wild side, more than normal, that's possible. It's okay. In Chechnya, or in the Chechnyan situation, in Turkey, the crisis has ended peacefully. The hostages are free. Turkish government said it didn't make any concessions to the gunmen, nor did they attack them. In Moscow, it worked out a bit differently. A village was leveled in Russia. It was leveled by elite Russian troops were very angry at the politicians for allowing the uh, rebels to dig in for four days, who are uh, very hurt, having taken many casualties. The elite Russian troops complained their radios did not work. They couldn't even talk to each other. They did manage to kill 180 rebels with relentless uh, rocket launches, multiple rocket launchers, tanks, and so forth and so on. A Janet Reno-sized force. Nevertheless, 150 escaped, and uh, including the leader of the Chechen rebels, and made it back to Chechnya. I'll tell you something, this isn't over. The um, Moscowites feel the, uh, uh, fear the worst, that there'll be some sort of nuclear or biological or something or another that'll happen to them. And it may. Boris Yeltsin was attacked relentlessly in the Russian press for his handling of this. Meanwhile, back in Washington, our president says... 
Well, he's trying to give Yeltsin wide latitude in dealing with terrorism because, quote, this is Bill Clinton, because, quote, Russia is fundamentally a democracy, end quote. Now, how would you characterize that statement by our president? Russia is fundamentally a democracy. Um, I guess you could try and make that argument. It seems poor timing to make that argument after, um, after what just occurred to that village and women and children and everybody else. I mean, they just massively frontally attacked and leveled that village um, with, without respect to the uh, hostages, without a whole lot of negotiation. They did not wait nearly so long as our government did at Waco. And so Bill Clinton's response is, well, they're fundamentally a democracy, so we've got to give them latitude in going after these terrorists. It's a weird world, huh? Big story on NBC about the baby boomers, and I always pay attention to these because I'm a boomer, sort of, on the, on the cusp of the boom. 1945, middle of the year. 78 million baby kaboomers out there. Maybe that's a better name. Worried now very much about their golden years with good cause because they may not be so golden. One baby boomer turns 50 every 7.5 seconds. 10,000 a day. And you know what? What a surprise, huh? They are not ready for retirement. Many with no retirement money at all. None. They have borrowed. They have spent. They are in debt. Uh, they are the generation with, which once said and practiced their live for today slogan. The only problem is they had their fun then, and now today is over. And tomorrow is almost here. And it is a very interesting story in a lot of ways. In other words, where, how do you, what are your expectations? Do you think that, um, that you're going to um, be comfortable in retirement? Are you beginning to get scared? You know, if you're in your 50s and you're not beginning to get ahead a little bit, you're going to live to be an average 76 point something or another years of age. So you've got about 13, 15 years that you're going to have to make it without a regular income. Are you ready for that? Hmm? I have a feeling that's what uh, shapes a lot of political opinion in this country. Uh, and when you're making money, you obviously pretty much want to keep it. Or as much of it as you can. Now, when the boomers get to the point where they're at the end of their work life and they're ready for the, the golden years, gone fishing, only they can't go fishing because they can't even afford a pole and a little, little bit of fishing line and a uh, hook and sinker because they're sunk. So... What do you think? Uh, and be honest with me. Are you ready now for retirement? Uh, or are, can you see that by the time you're going to retire, you're going to be comfortable? 
company pensions, <laughs> the social security system, a little iffy. And so if those don't come through for you, have you saved money? Have you invested wisely? Do you have a nice little nest egg put away? Are you going to be able to live? I don't know. It's a big, big problem uh, for the baby boomers. I'm one of them. Now, you want to talk about intriguing, speculating, uh, speculative, invi in, 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 inviting news. This is it. The Galileo probe survived in Jupiter's atmosphere for one hour. But in that hour, we got a hell of a lot of data. And apparently, the scientists have already interpreted uh, much of this data. And what NBC said is that NASA says the information from Galileo that we have gathered um, about Jupiter's atmosphere may force, I'm quoting now, may force a reevaluation of how the solar system was formed. Oh, that's a very non-trivial thing to say. I wonder how far out on a limb they're going to go. But the information is that hot. It may force a reevaluation of how the solar system was formed in the first place. The information is due to be released tomorrow. So, what do you think? What do you think they might have discovered on Jupiter, an intriguing planet anyway, that would lead us away from our present scientific ideas of the uh, formation of the universe? Now, this is a very, very non-trivial thing for them to come out and say uh, something that strong. What do you think they mean? There was no Big Bang. There was no solid mass and void and then explosion. And What do they mean? A more trivial aspect of the formation of the universe? Nothing really trivial about it in an awful lot of ways. So, um, so I don't know. But I think we'll stop there, and uh, I've got some more. I've got uh, Bosnia seems on track for now. Spring, I believe, will tell the tale. If there's going to be trouble in Bosnia, it will not come for the most part until the spring. Anyway, I think I'll get the phone lines open. <laughs> so intrigued, you could well imagine, by this uh, kind of drop-in by NBC about the uh, Jupiter probe Galileo having gathered information so uh, startling that it may force a reevaluation of how the entire solar system was formed. You ever wonder how wrong we might have it? I know what it says in the Bible. But I have always uh, felt that the hand of God may well have been absolutely involved in the beginning of the process that we call creation. And what seems to be a specific 
a creation by the hand of God may be a non-specific creation. In other words, we're not gods. We don't know. And his hand, that's, that's why I, I don't uh, find these two theories of uh, evolution and creation to be so much at odds with each other. I mean, who is to say that God didn't say, all right, let there be. And then the process of nature, uh, even with uh, nature to some degree having, in, in effect, a free will, uh, the process began. The creation began. And maybe God didn't tend to every little tiny detail. Uh, he just sort of said, uh, let the games begin, as it were. Anyway, um, this is the kind of story that you know I love. So if you would like to um, get your two cents worth in, uh, you're welcome to do so. Let me give you the official version of the numbers. And next hour, I'm going to open up a DX line for an hour, an international line. And it'll be kind of fun to see where we are heard. Anyway, right now, if you are a first-time caller to the program, the number is area code 702-727-1222. The wild card lines, area code 702 702- Seven two seven one two nine five seven zero two seven two seven twelve ninety five. Naturally, there is a free way for you to call in. West of the Rockies, it's one eight hundred six one eight eight two five five one eight hundred six one eight eight two five five. East of the Rockies. It's 1-800-825-5033. 1-800-825-5033. Also, uh, Paul Niskanen will be here in about an hour and a half to talk about, uh, briefly talk about the cruise we're going to take. He's the guy who plans these things, and he is brilliant at what he does. I've got, coming after the bottom of the hour here, a very special announcement about a guest that I've got coming up Monday that I think a lot of you knew that I and um, at that time I didn't know Paul and I didn't know the kind of work he did because the trip had not yet occurred what he gave us was so superb so well done in every way that this time I know what's coming I know what kind of job these people do it's incredible it's awesome and um, any of the people who took the uh, Orient cruise are welcome to call and uh, say, I, I cannot imagine you could not say the exact same thing. Gosh, these people were good. And so he'll be here to tell us about the Scandinavian-Russian cruise coming up uh, in August. It'll be the one time you'll get an opportunity to hear it from the man who plans it. So you don't want to miss that. Uh, that'll be about an hour and a half. Already comments on what I've said aren't baby boomers. In my case, there is no tomorrow. Is that clear enough? Dwayne in Seattle. A P.S. Have you, you've never mentioned, is there a limit to faxing you per week or per night? Well, yes. 1.4 faxes per night, Dwayne. <laughs> 
The limits on vaccine, yeah, I'd like it if you would hold it to once per night. There are exceptions. You know, I mean, if something's going on and it's hot, then obviously, yes. Otherwise, one fax would really suffice, and generally one page uh, would suffice. They're the ones that I tend to read because they're short, to the point, and um, so forth and so on. So I prefer one, but I mean, if something's going on. Now, if you send more than three pages, my fax machine will not print them, and I will not see them. So you have wasted your money. Now, I was forced to do that because of the number of faxes that I get. But, if, you know, on one full written type sheet, you definitely ought to be able to convey whatever it is you want to say. Um, one other uh, fax from Ron down in Birmingham, Alabama. Dear Art, I looked for the L.A. Times article on your show without success. Could you please announce where it was found, date, section, or page number? Well, all right. It was this last Saturday's L.A. Times. It was on the front of the calendar section. And I'll tell you kind of an interesting story. Uh, my wife's mom lives in Orange County, so she grabbed some copies for us. And when it got here, the entire article was there. But it was on the bottom of the front page of the calendar section in black and white. Then some of you sent me copies of the L.A. L.A. Times, and it was at the top of the calendar section, front page, and it was a very large, full-color picture. So apparently, I guess, the L.A. Times in Orange County is somehow put together in a different way than the one that is intended for L.A. So that's where it was. That's when it was. I don't know if you can get a copy of it. Uh, I suppose stuff like that is archived. And I didn't think it, you know, it's not a bad photo. I mean, you can tell me a lot of you I know saw it. All right, it's off to two-way Radioville. And aside from Paul Niskanen here for a while um, uh, in the next uh, hour no the following hour it'll be open lines all night long first time caller line you're on the air hi Hello. hi my name is mark calling from phoenix hi mark uh listen i uh enjoy your show very much thank you i wanted to let you know that i share your fascination for uh uh astronomical events like the uh the galileo uh Probe. Well, that's a pretty strong statement, isn't it? That the information may force a reevaluation of how the solar system was formed. Wow. Yeah, I think, and, and you know, you mentioned right after that that it sort of uh, got you to think about God, you know, and I, you know, that's kind of what it makes me think about, too. Well, you know, yeah, sure, of course. I mean, it certainly, we can't do it, can we? We can't uh, create. It takes God or something. And I think God, and, you know, there's always this great argument between evolution and creation and right. how it was done. And I, uh, I see the possibility of God, a supreme being, simply uh, saying, uh, more or less, create. Mm -hmm. And then allowing the process to ensue without being involved in every little tiny detail of the creation as he was not involved in every little tiny detail or is not, of our lives at the moment. 
Right, right. I just, uh, I sort of agree that uh, that whole process is a little bit of a mystery and we shouldn't try to figure it out too much. Uh, yeah, I wonder if we ought to know. I mean, if we will ever, or, or even if we should know. Huh. Well, I, I think we will, but that's, you know, a lot of reason for that is I myself am a Christian and, and I believe uh, I'll know someday. Uh, oh, well, I think you probably will, yes. Mm -hmm. Just too bad. One, one thing's too bad. You can't come back and tell us. <laughs> well, uh, why, why don't we all go there? Yeah, all right. I, I, well, we will. Uh, thank you very much. Except, uh, oh, I'm getting more faxes from uh, people who claim to be immortal. You know, it's the doggonest thing you've ever heard. People claiming to be immortal. Uh, there are more of them than you can know. And either they are, there are a whole bunch of liars out there. And, and I know this is going to uh, give plenty of fodder uh, to those who like throwing uh, snowballs at me. But maybe there is something to it. Maybe there are some people out there. I mean, I've, I've had some very serious, very serious facts. People who claim they've been here for hundreds of years or thousands, thousands in some cases, and... I just, it, somehow it got brought up one night, and then I began to get the faxes. And I'm not sure what to make of it. Either there are some very articulate, credible-sounding people who uh, absolutely claim to be immortal, or are, there are some very articulate, credible-sounding, congenital liars out there, and I have no way of knowing which. But I, I really do mildly suspect there may be something to it and there may be some of those out there that don't simply don't age that too is a fascinating topic east of the uh, great rockies you're on the air hi hi how are you good art let me get my uh, uh, radio get that sucker turned down there she goes all right okay well i was just uh trying to write down you know in order of uh, what i wanted to talk to you about okay but you caught me in mid-sentence so uh the uh, jump of the Aussie virus to a different species. Yes, sir. And you were talking about how that might go to uh, to uh, humans. Although well, what it, well, um, it could eventually, or it could go to another host like a mouse, like the hunter virus went to the mouse, for That's example. That's what I was thinking, something and, like to the kangaroos. And somebody I mean, called yesterday and said, well, you know, it, it, that, that doesn't mean it's going to jump to a human. No, it doesn't mean it. But, in fact, I said, remember, the hunter virus did jump to humans. Right, right. And also, uh, what now, what was that about the, uh, the uh, telescope thing? I missed the first part of your show tonight. Um, no, there's, no, 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 no. The Galileo. The Galileo. You remember that, the probe that went down into Jupiter? Right. Okay, it survived one hour in Jupiter's atmosphere. Uh-huh. And in that hour, it sent back a real bundle of data. And NBC said last night that NASA is saying the information due to release uh, be released tomorrow, quote, may force a reevaluation of how the solar system was formed. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, very interesting. I always I always uh, thought that it had something to do with centrifugal force and, like, the mass of, uh, of different particles. Like, if you figure that, uh, that Venus 
if you took some of the carbon dioxide from Venus and put it on Mars and some of the water from Mars and put it on Venus, and here we are smack dab in the middle yep. with the perfect amount for life. Well, for our life. For our life. Uh, it is very egotistical to imagine that life can only be based as we are based. There may be carbon-based uh, life. And also uh, uh, the uh, satellite uh, that saw those planets that are possibly capable of sustaining life. Yes, sir. Uh, 35 million light years away. The Hubble, uh, yes. Right. Uh, uh, the thing is, they said that those planets are about the size of Jupiter. Right. So, so if we stepped upon them, we'd instantly be smashed. Yes, we'd be little puddles. Well, actually, long before we got to the surface. But what unless you, they, well, well, they, wait a minute well, now, wait a minute now. I, they, well, no, hold it. Okay. Um, think about it the other way around. Let us say, as the scientists imagine, that those planets may support life. Right. Suppose that life came here. With its own evolution, right. I mean, no, let's just say they got a spaceship in the air. Okay. Uh, into space, crossed that many light years, and arrived on Earth. Now, what would a being capable of living on one of the two planets we just talked about be here? What would he be here? Yeah, you know what he'd be? He'd be pretty strong. He'd be Superman. Yeah. He'd be Superman, and you know we'd need kryptonite quick. <laughs> you betcha. He'd probably run for office, too, Art. Yeah, well, uh, he'd probably just simply take the office. <laughs> <laughs> well, love your show, Art. Thanks for uh, taking my call. Thank you very much. In other words, any um, um, a biological uh, organism um, to live on such a planet would have to be incredibly dense, incredibly strong, and if they were, if that being was here, it would be literally Superman, uh, certainly in strength, uh, in the strength category, if, if nothing else, and bullets would not pierce his skin, that kind of thing. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. Uh, this is uh, Jeff, the record cat from Milwaukee, uh, 620 uh, WTMJ. Yes, sir. Yeah, I uh, just wanted to inform you, uh, just in case somebody didn't call you about the weather down here. Uh, yesterday, uh, topped out about 53 degrees, about noonish. Uh, the temperature fell, and by about uh, 10 o'clock at night, it was about 10 degrees with a wind chill about 25 below. <laughs> what about now? Uh, it's still, it's not quite as cold. It's, um, I would say it's like 10, 15 degrees below when zero. Mm. Well, um, I don't know what to say about that except better thee than me. Yeah. Uh, it, it's been running up to about mm, 65, 70 degrees here during the day. It's been really hard to take. Well, seems like, uh, really nice compared to here. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, I know the weather, uh, my friend, is strange. And the only question worth asking is, is this a cycle? Uh, did we have a bad hurricane season, uh, the worst, mm -hmm. uh, followed by a terrible winter? Mm -hmm. uh, is it uh, just sort of a cycle or an aberration, or a beginning of a profound change? I think it's an aberration. You do, huh? Mm-hmm. Not a change? No. So next year, it might be much better. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Can't All right, well, th thank you very much. My prediction would be 
um, the opposite. At least with regard to next year, I think this year is going to be terrible. Bad hurricane season. Next year, it will be even worse. That's my prediction. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi, Art. This is Rick in Peru, Indiana. Hi there. How you doing? All right. Uh, how goes the battle with uh, pulling the old proverbial cancerous nails out of your coffin? Well, first of all, I'm not sure that quitting after this period of time pulls them out. Maybe it stops the final few from being nailed in. Yeah, I can relate. But, um, but it's on and off. It's a struggle, I'll tell you. I was curious to see what what brand name you did smoke, or can you announce that over the air? I, you know, I could, I, but I'm not going to. I don't want to mention a brand name, but I'll tell you this. I believe they claim to have the lowest tar and nicotine of any brand made. A lot of people, you know, sometimes I'll give them one of my cigarettes, mm -hmm. and they puff on it, and they give it back. <laughs> they say, hey, this isn't even a cigarette. Yeah, I missed your prediction show. I wanted to give you a prediction about uh, the guy with the uh, the orangutan bone marrow. Oh, uh, what would you have predicted? I would have predicted that he would have died in 96. Well, because as far as I know, so far he is still alive. Boy, would I ever like to interview that guy. Well, you know how it is. Almost every time we mess with Mother Nature, she has a tendency to bite us back. Uh, that doesn't mean that we cannot make scientific progress. Well, I can understand. But, yeah, I, I do sort of agree with that general assessment. Uh, we mess around, and then it's kind of like this thing in Australia where the scientists wanted to kill the rabbits, right? So they had a little island. They had an experiment. It got loose. Now it's killing rabbits all over Australia. Now there are people talking about a jumping host. And it seems like when we mess with Mother Nature, yeah, she comes back and kicks us in the butt. Yep, I can relate. Well, and uh, thanks for the call, and have a good show. Uh, thank you, and uh, have a good morning. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Well, ding dongs, Mr. Bell. Hello. Pete in Portland. Yes. Lovely liberal Portland, where Al Gore has just come to roost for our uh, Senate race. You've, you've heard about that. Uh, up there supporting, uh, yes. Yeah, Ron Wyden. I'd like to say hello to all my militant brethren, you know, the Mazuma Hadeen, the Chattanooga Chechens. The Mazuma Hadeen? The Mazula Hadeen. Mazula Hadeen, not, not the Mujah Hadeen. No, right. And the Chattanooga Chechens. <laughs> the Santa Fe de Eans, the Albuquerque Bijani, and of course the Baton Rouge Guards. <clears throat> Hello, brothers. Keep your heads down. You know, I wish I could laugh at that. I'm not laughing about that. I I am, though, I'm trying to put together, we've got a request in uh, to the BATF to get an agent, public person, to talk to us. Mm -hmm. And then I think I would like to get somebody from one of the militias or maybe even one of the so-called free men oh, yeah. um, on the same program. Now, would that be interesting or what? Surely would. You know that guy from this uh, big planet that you were speculating on? Yeah. Uh, he might be a Superman, but he'd also be only 15 inches tall and about 6 feet wide. Well, uh, <laughs> th that also would be, uh, I don't know if I'd enjoy that at all either. Now, I mean, who's to say, though? They, they might, well, you're right. They would need a wide, strong base of support. 
they'd be squashed by the gravity. But still, they might go rolling over us the way Schwarzkopf did the uh, Iraqis. <laughs> right? Could be. <laughs> or slip under us like uh, those flying flapjacks in some Star Trek episodes, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> well, they would only... One day, I would be on a 50,000-watt clear channel station. I had that dream as a boy listening to my... Uh, actually, my first radio that uh, my mom got me was a seven-transistor. They counted transistors in those days. A seven-transistor GE radio, and I would spend my nights uh, listening to uh, the farthest away station I could hear. Well, now I've grown up, and my wish really has come true. I hope yours can someday, or is now. But mine has certainly come true um, in spades. Uh, we're on about, I think, 244 stations right now nationwide. And a very large number of them are big 50,000-watt clear channel radio stations. So yesterday at 3 in, in the morning, and this is what I'm a little unsure of, um, what are the better times to try this? But I think that I would like to try it now. Uh, we may not be so good at this time across the pole, I got calls last night from Norway, from Japan, from Johnston Island, uh, from, um, oh gosh, just uh, all over the place, um, Okinawa. Um, we were heard all over the place, but you see at this earlier hour now, we have the advantage of the monster WOAI down in San Antonio. And I'm telling you right now, because I was in Mazatlan, they blast down there. They're really, they go south like a rocket. <laughs> and some other Midwest stations, like WJR Detroit, uh, which must go all over the place, and, and so on and so forth, uh, Como and Seattle, and I, I really couldn't uh, name them all. But we're radiating out all over the place, and there are a lot of people who are what are called DXers. So I hereby, for the balance of this hour, Set aside um, the following number for only international calls. International calls. If you are, um, and I'm by that, now obviously we know we're heard in Mexico, but farther down would be interesting. Heard in Canada, but farther up would be interesting. But if you're out in the Pacific, Tahiti, um, Japan, Okinawa, Johnston Island, Guam, any of those far-flung places, and you're able to hear my voice, I'm going to give you a number. I'm going to ask the rest of the audience, difficult as it is, to cooperate and not call this number. Just hold it open for international calls. As of right now, the number to call internationally is one, or excuse me, in America, area code 702 727-1222, only internationally. Call America at area code 702-727-1222. And if everybody else would be kind enough to refrain for just uh, one hour, maybe some of these people will be able to get through. Let me give it one, one more time, because I know there is a lot of fading out there. So if you've got a big antenna up somewhere and you're hearing us way far away, let's devote this hour to seeing oh, exactly where we can be heard. 
Area code 702-727-1222. Internationally only. Now, um, otherwise, um, uh, hi, Art. Could you say hi to my wife, Lisa? She's in my truck listening to your show right now, and she'd freak out. Thanks, Mike in Spokane. No, Mike, I'm not allowed to do that. Um, we're talking about a, a most remarkable story dropped off at the NBC's midpoint in their evening newscast about uh, the Galileo probe. Uh, it survived, as you know, one hour in Jupiter's atmosphere. Not a long time, but long enough so that NBC said that NASA is uh, going to release information tomorrow, now today, later today, that their words now, quote, may force a re-evaluation of how the solar system was formed, end quote. Now, is that intriguing or what? how the solar system was formed. I wonder exactly what uh, this will challenge. It's an obvious statement. You read between the lines. It's going to challenge uh, traditional scientific uh, thinking. And, you know, I mean, here we are. We're people who can't even figure out if beta carotene is good for us or not. So one day it is, next day it isn't. So I don't know. But uh, <laughs> intriguing, and I wonder what you think they might be about to say later today about uh, the differences. And then I've got a, a little fact here I'd like to read you, which I think that you will enjoy. The secret of anti-gravity. Listen now. If you drop, and I'm sure, I'm, I know this is right. If you drop a buttered piece of bread, it falls on the floor butter side down every time. If a cat is dropped from a window or other high and towering places, inevitably it lands on its feet. Do you agree with both of those? I have dropped, I don't know how many pieces of bread with butter, and this guy's right. They always fall down on the buttered side, and when you pick it up, you get new pieces of carpet that come back up in the butter. By the way, do you eat it? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, and the cat thing is true, 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 too. I mean, don't torture your animal, but if you toss your cat a little bit, they like that sometimes. They land on their feet. But now my faxer goes on. But what if you attach a buttered piece of bread, butter side up to a cat's back, and toss them both out the window? Will the cat land on its feet? Or will the butter splat on the ground? <laughs> the secret of gravity revealed. And this, uh, you want a little more interesting fodder. Art first, it was on Nightline, then on Dateline, and now in the January issue of Popular Mechanics, there's an article about mind control. Wonder what medium we'll hear about this very interesting subject next in. Matt listening to the mighty 
770. See, there's another one, big old clear channel monster in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Heard who knows where. But it's a good point, uh, Matt. More and more articles in the mainstream press about mind control. Who knows? Maybe, maybe there is such a thing. And you've got to wonder if it is your mind that might be controlled. Are you a Clinton supporter? Just kidding. And finally, this. From Car uh, Carrie and Carol in Mesa, Arizona, Art. Oh, it's Friday night, Saturday morning, and you're discussing outer space kinds of things. How about opening up the alien line? You haven't done it in a long, long time. Please, 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 if groveling and begging would help, consider me groveling and begging. Some of the aliens out there might have some of the answers about the evolution of the solar system. Anyway, love you, Art. Please, the alien line tonight. Well, all right, I'll tell you what. This hour, I'm devoting to international calls, if we can get them, many as we can get. Next hour, first part, Paul Niskanen, and he'll be telling us about the trip. And then, then okay, okay, I will do it. I will open the alien line. And for those that have never experienced the alien line, all I can say is... <laughs> Prepare yourselves. Uh, good morning. You're on the air coast to coast AM with Art Bell. Where are you calling from, please? From the uh, Arctic Circle. You're you're at the Arctic Circle. Well, we're 56 miles from the Arctic Circle, from Echo Bay Mines, in uh, uh, 350 miles north of Yellowknife, Canada. Wow! <laughs> I say again, wow. Um, that's um, that's that's quite a, quite a location. What uh, what do you do up there? Well, we're in the, we're, is this Art Bell? Yes. Well, hello, Art. Hi, sir. I love your show. Thank you. Um, we're doing a survey on the musk ox population up here. Uh, okay, wait a minute, hold it. On, on what population? Uh, musk ox. They're a big, stinky animal. The big, stinky animal? Yeah, and, uh. What have you learned about I can't this? believe I got through here. You did. <laughs> what have you learned about the big, stinky animal up Well, here? they stink. But also, we've learned an amazing thing there is four of us sitting around a table here drinking a bottle of Canadian Club, <laughs> and we came to an amazing conclusion about the USA. Uh, well, when you uh, when you have enough Canadian Club, uh, that is possible. <laughs> what, what, what have you concluded? Well, your militia problem yeah, oh, and yes. your weather problem yes. and your Clinton military policy problem are all directly related. Uh, would you like me to elaborate on that? Please, connect All them. Right. Yes, connect them. Okay, up in Canada here, uh, we have no militia as such. As everyone knows, we're kind of like spread thinner than paint on a Chevrolet, I guess. Like, <laughs> And, uh... Well, you don't know, why do you pick on Chevrolet? Well, because they I won't mean, start up here. This is not a positive American call, so... We're having right. a problem getting them started up here. All right. At any rate, Art, um... Oh, boy. Uh, now that I'm on the air, I'm all nervous. Anyway. Look, okay. all right, look. We've got I... the militia. Yeah. And uh, we, don't have, we don't have the militia. And another thing we don't have up in Canada is um, no, no, massive loss of life. No Arctic, or... cir no Arctic Circle Protection Force? No, we don't have the... Well, uh, we're kind of actually hoping you guys would be supplying that. Uh, I, I see. Well, we, At do any rate, the rest we don't of the have world. the militia. 
and we mm-hmm. don't have a massive loss of life or um, big city shutting down or mass hysteria whenever we get a couple feet of snow or some cold weather and stuff like that. So uh, the four of us here... I'm beginning, to, this, I'm beginning to conclude this is a very anti-American call. Well, no, it's not anti-American, but we're, we're just kind of <laughs> thinking that... Uh, Militia to us kind of means like strength in numbers, right? And being we're spread so thin apart, we like we can't get the groups together to have the militia. So we're basically we can't have them. So we don't have them. And we, the other thing we don't have is all this hysteria about the weather, mm-hmm. which is well. Right now, let's see here, for example. All right, how is the weather in the Arctic? Sir? All right, right now. Um, well, this is in this is in Canadian metric stuff. So, okay, it's minus 44 Celsius. So it's about uh, I guess that'd be 43 Fahrenheit. Minus 43 Fahrenheit. Minus we 43 have, degrees. 43 yeah, degrees below zero. We have a a little wind about uh, 35 kilometers an hour, yeah. which is about 20 miles per hour down there. And in the last 10 days or so, we've had eight inches of snow per day, so we're up around uh, two meters, which would be about uh, six feet of snow, and it just seems to keep co- coming down. And it basically hasn't even stopped a school bus down up here yet, so so we're not really too worried about the weather, but you have to dress for it. How much, uh, at this time of year, how much daylight are you getting every day? Uh, well, it's all, it, it, it's basically dark. It's dark right now. In the summertime, though, it's very nice up here. Well, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold it, hold it. When you say basically dark, you mean dark 24 hours a day? Yeah, it, it doesn't, well, um, it's not really, really totally dark. You can see, you can see the red horizon to the south of us. <laughs> that, that's yeah. as much light as you get, huh? Yeah, and, and now, but in the summertime, we get nothing but daylight, so it's well worth it, I guess. Uh, we don't dare go outside, though at this time of year but anyway these these four drunken muskox commoners here mm-hmm. have come to the conclusion yes that uh and this here's here comes the anti-american part yeah sure, okay sure. so we figure you guys are a little bit wimpy when you're weather and that right and then the second part of the problem or the uh i don't know how to come on it. sir lay it out <laughs> all right here we go first off we don't have any militias up here uh, actually, in Canada, we don't have any militias at all. Even right. I'm, I'm from uh, Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, Canada, which is fairway south from here, about oh, 1,100 kilometers south here. We don't have any militias there, and we still get some pretty bad weather, and we don't get the massive loss of life in the big city shutting down. Yeah, you've said all like this that. now. You've like said all this now. What are you What are you building toward? In other words, you're okay. Glad. Okay, hang on. I'm I'm building slowly because I don't want you to cut me off. Well, it's good. You're going to be if you don't get there. Okay. Anyway, so we don't have malicious and we don't have hysterica over yeah. the weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And the other thing is, the Clinton. Here, here comes. Okay, we don't want to put your government down or anything, because us Canadians, a we don't like to do that. But at any rate, your military is spread so thin right now that uh, four of us uh, make that three of us. One of us looks like the, there's only three of us left here. 
are going to strap on our seal skin binding snowshoes as soon as your blizzard get bad and we finish this bottle of Canadian Club and we're going to come down there and take over. All right, thank you. Well, look, you couldn't do any worse than we're doing right now, so what the hell. Well, there was the first call from the International Line. That was a good one. Arctic Circle, huh? See, that's all they've got to do up there. Study stinking animals and drink Canadian Club and get smashed. <laughs> I imagine they, they're listening to Como or KGA, one of the two, uh, blasting easily into the Arctic Circle, I should have asked. The international line is area code 702-727-1222. All right, we are coming at the bottom of, or excuse me, we're coming at the top of the hour. And that means it's break time. So for all of you who are listening so far, get up, stretch your bodies, eat a snack. I will do the same. And then we'll come out refreshed. And keep going and going and going and going and going. <laughs> And you will still get more of Art Bell. So, with that in mind, as we are taking a break, think about where your thoughts are on Art Bell. Was he your favorite newscaster? Was he somebody you listened to? Think about it. And while you're at it, close your eyes while you're thinking. 